Hi, this is Russell. Welcome to A Life in Music, the podcast dedicated to performers who want to be their very best. I've spent my life working in an industry I love, professionally since the age of eight years old. I love what I do, and I'm still as passionate today as I have ever been. This industry is full of ups and downs, but it's still a wonderful industry, and A Life in Music is here to support performers with interviews from creatives to artists, behind-the-scenes insights, tips and tricks, and as much support as I can give to help you become the very best you can be. Now I've something to ask you. There are three ways in which you can help me reach more people. This not only benefits others, but also gives me the opportunity of getting great content to you. The more listeners I have, the more weight this platform has, and this in turn gives me my opportunities of getting even more great interviews and great content to you. Now, firstly, please go to my website at www.alifeinmusic.com and sign up to the newsletter. This means you'll be the first to hear about new content on the site and new podcasts as they become available. There's also some exclusive benefits that come from time to time. Secondly, please review the podcast. This is incredibly important to me. It takes a couple of minutes and if you go onto the website you'll find some very simple instructions. Please leave me a great review. This is the best opportunity for me to get further exposure from iTunes. And thirdly, just spread the word. Tell people about the podcast and the website and get them to have a listen. And finally, thank you so much for listening and thank you for your support. We have listeners from all over the world. This podcast is for you and I do it for no monetary benefit whatsoever. This is my way of sharing my experiences and wisdom from a life in music. And now on to today's show. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of A Life in Music with Russell Scott. Now, today's show is going to be slightly different. I've uh, I've spent the last few weeks doing uh, a series of amazing interviews with some uh, really great creatives and uh, actors and actresses and so on. So this week I thought I'd sort of uh, t- relax a little bit, a little bit more, a little bit more informal and just sort of quite talk candidly about what it takes to find a really great vocal coach, a great singing teacher and, and seeing it from, from both sides really, from uh, a voice coach perspective. Uh, I've been coaching for the past, wow, how many, 17 years now, um, but also looking at it from the student's perspective as well in, in what it, what, what's required, what, do, what are you looking for, what do you need to find? who do you need to find who do you go to where do you go how much should you pay how often should you go what should you do just about all the ins and outs that you could uh, possibly think of uh, when trying to find that all important vocal coach so where should we start well we'll start at the very beginning a very good place to start and let me tell you I suppose what I experience when somebody comes to me for a coaching session for the very first time and often they they ring up or they they inquire over the internet and they say they're looking for a singing teacher uh, can you help 
And it's normally as straightforward as that. And I, I sort of say, well, OK, well, what are you looking for? Uh, what sort of singing teacher are you looking for? How, what sort of experience do you have? Are you doing this professionally? Are you an amateur? Do you just love to sing? What's the purpose of doing it? What are your objectives? Um, because sometimes people have all sorts of reasons why they want to find a singing teacher. Sometimes it's because they've not been very happy with their existing teacher and they want to find somebody better. Sometimes it's because they've been referred to someone better and the friend or family or uh, a professional has said to them, look, you've really got to go and see this person. And sometimes they've moved to the area from far afield. And I've been very fortunate. I mean, I have, a, I have a, an amazing array of students. I only teach a very small amount uh, compared to other teachers uh, in the week uh, I have a set number of students that I work with and I try and pick the students that I believe I can help the most so those people that kind of just think oh I, I love to sing can I come and have some lessons um, I kind of have to I kind of have to know an objective. There has to be a reason to teach. And I, I like, I suppose I, I like most teachers that you want to find the students that are going to benefit most from your experience and your expertise. And you want to find students that are going to respond the quickest because the, for me, I, whilst, you know, obviously I do this for a living and I have to survive and I have a mortgage and a, and a family, um, I'm not doing it solely for, for financial benefit. I'm doing it because I love teaching. I love working with people and I love seeing the development and progress they make over a, over a period of time. And over, over the years I've been teaching, I've gained uh, immense experience, I suppose, of, of working with all different types of people. So when somebody comes to me and says, um, can I have lessons? I've, I kind of have to know the reasons why they want to, to work with me first or why they want to have lessons. And sometimes the case that they don't really know very much about me. They've done a little bit of homework. There's, there's you know, quite a lot of information about me on the web. They've looked me up. But I, you, it's not enough. You know, when you, when, you, when you look at somebody on the Internet, you know, they are not going to put their strengths and weaknesses. They're not going to put... Uh, I'm a I'm an okay kind of teacher. I kind of teach a couple of hours a week. I've been doing it for about eight weeks. You know, they they are going to sell themselves. They are going to obviously they're going to put well you hope they're going they're reputable and they're going to put factual information. Um, but you, you you've got to you've got to go and see these people. You've got to talk to them first. You can't just go on the internet and see, uh, you know, this person's amazing. Uh, oh, I'm I'm going to have to have singing lessons with them because they're so amazing. You 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 know that anybody that's advertising on the internet, it's only ever going to put how great they are. They're never going to put uh, that they've had terrible failures or um, they're they're not a great teacher. They're all going to say they're wonderful. And so what I'm trying to get at really is is that. Yeah, read the read the websites, read about people, get recommendations of people, but you have to make a judgment yourself. And the, the teachers will make, I suppose they will make a judgment about you, about how serious you are, what you're looking for and what your objectives are. So going back to what I was saying, I've probably been waffling a little bit, but... Um, I, I try and I try and teach people that I believe I'm going to help most of all. And I, I try and teach people that have got a firm objective uh, because that's that's how I like to teach. I like to think to myself, I've got a goal. I've got something I've got to uh, work towards and achieve and help this person achieve. But you also have to be very realistic because 
you know, it's no good a student coming over to me and saying, make me a star or I want to be in the West End or I want to do uh, I want to be doing the big stadiums this time next year. When in fact, they don't have what it takes to do that, whether either vocally or would be able to because of their lifestyle. So you have to be very realistic about it. And I think students should not be too offended if if teachers are one honest and realistic with them and two sometimes teachers don't take uh, every student on that they see and there could be good reason for that and it's and it and it's not necessarily because those students can't sing or they don't have a future in uh, in as a professional career it could be that the teacher doesn't feel it's a good fit it, it's a two-way street here and it's the same with a student the student goes along for a session and they might not get on they might not click with the with with the teacher and so it's got to work both ways it is a very important relationship the teacher student uh, relationship is a very very important one because you are both trying to achieve a goal and that is and it's sh- what should be uh, the goal is to achieve results and to get development and to help you as a student make the most of of the opportunities that arise whether they be auditions or whether they be opportunities to for work or or performances or inquires or wherever it may be is to help you maximize those opportunities and get you better and so there's there's lots to to think about in that in that respect as to when you're choosing someone and making sure you've got a relationship that really works um and there are you know there are good teachers there are bad teachers there are indifferent teachers you shouldn't just go to a teacher for the sake of going to a teacher do your research and find a teacher that on paper looks amazing they've got a great reputation great credibility uh, may have the qualifications that you're looking for the experience you're looking for it's not all about qualifications don't get me wrong i think qualifications are very important but you don't necessarily need a teaching degree to be a great teacher so you know look at what the teachers have done look at their experience perhaps you want a teacher that has had lots of professional experience uh, from a performance perspective or perhaps they are a musician as well or perhaps they've taught in schools or colleges or universities or drama schools or theatre schools Um, or perhaps you want none of that perhaps you want someone that has been a a solo teacher all their life perhaps you want a teacher that just concentrates on repertoire perhaps you want a teacher that just concentrates on technique or maybe you want a a teacher that comes that, that looks at both aspects and has a balance between the two think about what your objectives are when you're looking for the for the teacher now, one of the things that um, I, I do once uh, somebody comes through the door is I sit down with them and I do an initial consult, which doesn't just include singing. It's very important for me um, as a teacher to understand the person that I'm working with and understand not just their objectives and their goals, but understand their lifestyle, understand their background, understand their diet, understand their vocal health understand what they've done in the past, understand if they've had any any problems in the past or what their vocal challenges have been, understand the family history of how musical they are so that I can understand what sort of support that person may get in what they're trying to achieve from outside of the lessons. I find all of that all of that information is very important to me to ascertain a great rapport uh, with the with the student. 
And so we sit and we talk a lot and we talk about diet and we talk about what their eating habits are like and the good and bad of what they should be eating more of or less of or helping them uh, to understand diet and and uh, drinking regularly and all that sort of thing I'm talking water not alcohol um, but just to understand all of that side of things so that I can advise best on on where to go and what to do with that and then I understand uh, and listen about their vocal health understand if they've had any any medical history of vocal problems or if they currently have any um, and we just talk a little bit about their their what they love about music, what they love about singing, what they're trying to achieve, um, and get a, a full history. It's a little bit like um, when you go and visit the doctor um, and you give them your your medical history for the first time. You've got to go and go through. And I think as a teacher, I want to understand my student. I want to understand the psychology. I want to really engage with them so that when I'm teaching them, I can teach them in a way that they will understand, they will relate to, and that where they'll get the best results and where they'll get the best out of me so that I can concentrate my efforts on making sure that they're getting the right advice for them and that it doesn't just become generic. There are so many stories I hear of, of teachers that are just very generic. Every student they go to, uh, you know, they teach the same way. They teach with the same style, with the same methods. And I think it's important to adapt to students so that the student can get the best op best opportunities really going forward once they walk out the out the room having had lessons and they're they're out there trying to grab their opportunities uh, of what they could be doing in performances and so on is that they've had the right advice given to them so that they can continue their journey the right way and I've I've had students that have been with me for six months and I've had students that have been with me for 10 years regularly and I still do and I have uh, I have an incredibly uh, fantastic as I said array of students from mixed backgrounds uh, some have been with me for a very long time some with a short space of time some who've come to me for vocal rehab which I'll talk about in a minute some who come for rep some for come for technique some come for, for a mixture of both and I've, I've got students that have uh, that have come to me that have been living abroad for many years and they've just come back to, to this country I've got uh, students that have lived around the corner have only just found me and some students are willing to travel a long way for lessons I think when they are um, when they when they really want to find the right teacher and they have found the right teacher they you know you will do anything to 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 get to those lessons people travel from far afield some don't drive they make every effort to try and get to those lessons and I did I mean when I was when I was training and I I was I was fortunate enough to to have uh, some amazing teachers um, over my training period and I I would go for lessons twice a week and it was very costly um, but not just in in monetary it it was costly in time I used to travel into London um, it used to be an hour to get to the lesson I'd have the lesson for 40 45 minutes and then travel all the way back it takes you know that's three hours out of the day plus whatever it might cost um, so it's very costly but I was prepared to do that because I found an amazing teacher who was achieving great results and um, one of the things that I, I often get asked, I'm, I'm, I've got a, a few question uh, Q&As here um, uh, from people I've been asking around of, as to what they might want me to, uh, to, to answer today, um, is should male students have male teachers? Should female students have female teachers? Does it actually matter on the voice part as to who teaches you? And I think some, uh, some uh, people relate better to... Um, same gender 
you know, if you're a soprano, you might relate better for your hearing. You might re relate better to a female soprano teacher. But it's often very difficult because no matter what voice part you are, you won't necessarily be the same style of singer. And so for me, I mean, I have I have male and female students. I don't think it makes the blindest bit of difference, in my opinion, um, because I think you can get equally good results no matter the gender. I think some people will relate better to uh, same sex and some people relate better to the opposite sex. I think it's all about people. It's all about the rapport that you get and how you respond to them and understand them. I don't think it actually matters if you're the same voice part or not. Next question, um, how often should you have lessons? Well, ideally, you have lessons every week, once a week. I think that's that's plenty and that should be the norm. But of course, not everybody can afford that. Some people would like to come once a month, some every two or three weeks. And you have to go with what you can afford. But equally, you have to understand that the very likelihood is that you won't progress as quickly if you're not having regular lessons. And I, I see a, I see a patterns I have done over you know an extensive period I've been teaching where if people have regular lessons once a week, they achieve X result. If people have fortnightly lessons, they have X result. Some people are just very disjointed because they don't have regularity in their own work schedules and in their, their, their own life schedules. And so they find it difficult to have the same time every week or to, to have that sort of routine of coming every week or every fortnight and what happens is that you miss a week and then they turn up and then you miss another week and then might miss another week and then it comes you know three or four days later they then have a lesson and it becomes very disjointed and what you actually need I think for the voice is is routine and regularity um, like any muscle you know if you go to the gym for example and you train once a week you'll get x result if you go four times a week you get x result and you see the development that much quicker. Likewise, if you overtrain, and it's the same with the voice, if you overuse the voice, that can be very damaging. So it's about getting the right balance. But I would, my recommendation for students is to have a weekly lesson, and if you've got an audition coming up, is schedule another lesson or a half lesson for a warm up just before uh, the audition or the, or the night before to get you warmed up and so on. Now, a lot of students say, you know, can I record lessons and uh, can you record um, some warm ups for me and so on? And I think that's all well and good. And I think that's great. And I think recording is, is very important. I'll talk about that in a minute as well. But um, I think recording lessons is very useful, but I'm not sure how often people actually sit back and think, oh, I'll have another listen to that lesson again. You might listen to it once or twice after the event just to sort of recap on things. But in terms of warm ups, I think warm up routines can be very good and you can download some of these online. There's also there's there's one of my podcasts was was a warm up some time ago. Um, and these are very good for general warm ups. But bear in mind that teachers should um, change their warm ups and change their their the technique work they do with you, depending on what your voice is sounding like at that time and how it is responding. So I don't have I mean, I have, you know, all teachers have their favorite exercises and techniques that they use. But I don't I don't do things in the same order. I don't do the same exercises all the time. I vary it very a lot um, because I do it according to how tired I hear the voice how breathy I hear the voice what if, if, if it's got good clarity in the voice if it's slightly husky if you're recovering from 
illness, if you've just had a big sing, or perhaps you've had a rest for a while. I try and adapt my technique work in line with what I'm hearing, and I use my expertise to do that. And then again, that it also changes depending on how high I go in uh, with the exercises or how low I go in the exercises, depending on what I'm hearing. So it's not a case of I think I think some some people think oh I'll go for a few lessons, I'll put them down on on tape and I can I can. Uh, I, can, I can go back to them and just use those every week. I won't need to go for lessons every week because I've got I've got it all recorded on my phone. But I don't think you can use that as a as a sort of way to go in on a, in a long term because your voice is changing, your voice voice is developing, and the exercises should be adapted to what your voice sounds like on that day. So use it as a as something as a sort of default as a sort of generic thing to use warm-ups are very good to, to use especially if you're having a break or something for a few weeks or you're on holiday or you're working or something and can't get to lessons use that but don't use them in place of lessons I don't think you'll get any benefit from that at all and as I said you you also can't be sure when you're when you're going online to get uh, warm-ups and so on you get loads of stuff on, on various uh, social sites and stuff you just can't be sure that they're going to be right for your voice they might be too low too high too fast too slow or if you've got some vocal issues going on or particular areas of your voice that need working on you can't be sure that they are going to be the right exercises um, so just just bear that in mind as well now in terms of finding a teacher for rep and finding a teacher for technique um, this isn't this isn't too difficult I mean as uh, myself I, I work on I work on both areas and I the way that I've always um, taught is I, I work with with classical technique and then I use the techniques and, and I use song to apply them so it, it works both ways obviously you you know you learn good technique and then you apply it to song but equally I use songs that have got uh, the the areas of, of the, that I want to hit the voice with that day, I will find a song to to do that because it's a little bit more interesting than just doing repetitive exercises all the time. Now, a lot of students like doing just technique work, um, and I did for a very long time in my career um, when I was training. I did just technique work, and a lot of students r relate to that, and I and I, I pre appreciate that, and I think it's very useful. I also think rep is very good, but if you just need help with rep, um, you... You probably don't need uh, lessons every week. You can probably get away with uh, lessons once every two or three weeks. But, you know, if it's just to go to someone for, for rep suggestions and so forth, that is great. But understand that that is what it's for. Don't go with the, in the, uh, you know, teachers will might try and dissuade you from doing that. They might say, no, 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 you need lots of technique work. And, and that may be the case. That may be true. A number of people that have come to me for technique, uh, for, for um, rep work, and I've thought, you know, the rep's great. It's all very well and good, and I, and I love the choice of songs that you kind of want to do, but actually, if you want to sing those songs, you do need some work on technique and so on. That's all very well and good, but if you just need someone just for rep, just to play, then find a good accompanist. You don't need the cost, the expense of a good vocal coach just to do rep. If you need coaching through the rep, acting through the rep, technique work through the rep, that's a different story. But if it's just someone to play play stuff through find a good repetitor because they will be able to do that probably better than a lot of, of vocal coaches uh, because they're they're accompanying people every day um, but they probably won't teach you they will just play uh, and they will just uh, help you help you learn material and, and get it better now I spend I spend a great deal of uh, lessons talking to people it's not just about uh, singing um, and I don't believe that in a in a 
an hour's session or a 45 minute session or however long your lessons are that you should be singing throughout because I don't believe that is great for the voice. I think it's very important that you have regular breaks when you're when you're singing to let the the larynx relax to let all the muscles relax and just to stop the kind of heightened intensity of uh, of doing exercises or or singing songs through um so i think it's very important to talk and i i try and talk about lifestyle i also try and talk about the voice i sometimes uh, get onto the computer and and perhaps play some examples and look at some some comparisons of of the songs that they're they're working on um because i think that's very important as well seeing others doing doing the stuff that you're singing is very important so you can get some ideas of what you like and what you dislike and hearing comparative recordings is, is very important doing that so I do spend quite a bit of time talking through with people and I suppose I suppose in a way that that singing lessons vocal coaching lessons it all becomes part of of, of counselling almost <laughs> you know you talk about I mean I've had I've had all sorts of people through my door and, and we talk about all sorts of things um, and it really helps the student engage with me create that rapport trust me uh, as as a professional as an expert in the field and it also helps them with releasing their stresses I suppose in things that are going on in their life that 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 they're, they're, they're letting go of all that during their lesson. And I think because music is such an outlet, it really is such a stress reliever. Singing, uh, performing, acting, dancing, playing an instrument, it's all of, uh, it, it's, it's relieving, as well as it can be very, very stressful in life. And of course, you know, nerves and all, all that sort of thing plays a part in performance. It's also a great feeling of release. And, and so that all forms part of the, the sort of counselling aspect of, of, of singing lessons and singing lessons vocal coaching very very similar it's terminology obviously when you're looking for a voice coach it's about the voice and it's about the voice box and it's about producing sounds and singing lessons obviously it's, it's about singing so there is a, a fine line between the two some working on rep and singing songs some working on vocal technique and looking after the voice and I do have a lot of students that um, that come to me um, with issues with their voice um, and some uh, some who I notice have got issues, and uh, I've noticed this in professional singers, not just those uh, who are just starting out. But I can I'm very good at detecting vocal problems, and I have my pool of medical experts that I send people to 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 try and get them better again. And I'm very good at, uh, at rehab stuff. And you should find a, a singing teacher, a vocal coach that that can hear those things and listen out for any vocal problems because they're very it's very important to catch them early and for for you to to work on technique work that is going to really help you uh, rehabilitate rehabilitate the voice get it back into a uh, into into strength and i've helped i've helped people with with nodules with pre-nodules with people that have had them and they've gone i've helped people that on the cusp of, of problems vocal problems perhaps you've got a lot of breath in your voice or it's very husky um, over projecting of singing um, all those sort of things and a good teacher should be looking out for those things and really be listening uh, for those things because they should care and they should support you that's that's their job that's what they should be doing as well I very much care and support the students that I work with um, 
no matter their story, no matter their background, no matter what their objectives are, I, I, I care deeply for them in making sure that they get the right advice, the right expertise, and they come away from lessons feeling great about themselves. And in the longer term, that they, they get the results that they want um, and that they've kept their voice really healthy so that they've got longevity in, in what they, whatever they do. Now, one of the things that that, uh, that that gets talked about quite a lot, and I've I've this has come up recently again, and I've seen a lot about it on on social media, is uh, Skype um, calls, Skype lessons. Do you should you have lessons over the internet on Skype, or do they have to be in person? Look, in an ideal world, they're in person, but in today's modern age. I think for technique work, especially, I think repertoire work is incredibly difficult to do over Skype. But for technique work, it is not impossible. Um, and I think it can be done pretty successfully. And there, there is clear evidence of some really great teachers doing some great work remotely with students all over the world. And I have done it from time to time and I, I am asked to do it. And whilst my preference would obviously be one to one, do it in person. Um, it's much easier. You don't have any delays or technical issues to deal with with IT. Um, I think in some cases, if somebody really wants you as a teacher, you will do whatever you can to make that happen and to make it just as good as experience as it would be if it was a one-to-one -one lesson. And I think with technology as it is now and the great speeds of internet and broadband that we have, um, it, can be, it can be successfully done. Now, the other thing, one other really good thing about um, singing lessons is, is opportunities to record. And some uh, singing teachers have the ability to, to, they have a studio set up. Some don't. Some don't even play repertoire. They only do technique. There's nothing wrong with that. As I said, it's just about finding the right teacher for your, your actual needs. But um, again, being able to, the ability to record is, is, for me, I think is very important because I think it's really great for students to be able to hear themselves, hear themselves back at the beginning after a few months, later on, and then you can hear the differences in what, you, in what you've achieved and you can better yourself and you can hear much better what you actually sound like if you sit back and listen to yourself from time to time. So I think that's uh, that's quite a good thing to do is just to, you know, whether by backing track or whether with uh, with a teacher playing the piano or keyboard, I think it's good to record songs from time to time so you can really hear the progress you're making. Um, and there, there, are, there are some great advantages in having in having that feature there. Now, another thing I'm asked is what time of day is best to have singing lessons? Now, I don't think there is a best time of day because it depends what time you wake up. It depends what your lifestyle is, how much you've had to eat, how much you've had to drink, how much you've used the voice in the day. Have you been working? Did you sleep well? Did you have an early night? There's so many factors that I don't think it makes a huge difference. Um, I've had people come to me over the years that have said, well, I don't really have singing lessons until the afternoon because it gives me a chance for my voice to wake up. Um, I don't think that makes any difference at all. I think you can have a lesson at nine o'clock in the morning. If you've been up since 6 a.m., you've, you, you know, you're, you, you're vocally warmed up. You've had, you know, you had some, some hot drinks. You've had a, had a bath. You've woken yourself up. You've moved around. You've spoken, spoken a little bit. I think, I think you're fine by, by, by nine, 10 o'clock in the morning. I think it's absolutely fine. Uh, I think it's just about getting your voice into a place where you are comfortable to have a lesson and that it's going to respond for you. Now, it's worth getting uh, being prepared for lessons. It's worth you making sure you know what you want, what you want to achieve in that lesson or that you've you're on a on a journey with your singing teacher where you know what you're going 
what what the what the sort of schedule is of what you're what you're trying to achieve what songs you're working on some students like to come prepared some teachers like students to come to prepared as well with rep of what they want to do in that lesson or or a, a sort of a, what, what do you want to do do you want to record do you want to just do technique work do you want to do rep work is there a specific song you want to work on I think sometimes it's nice to be able to, to turn up and say look, I've got this challenge I mean I get students coming to me sometimes that say look I've got an audition coming up uh, in three weeks time um, can we work on some songs from that show uh, and so we do that it doesn't matter what we've been doing previously we grab that stuff out we get it ready and we get it and we get them prepared so that when they go for the audition they're ready for it and I think that's I think think that's important to to do that and have that sort of prep. Now the other thing is length of lessons. Now some some teachers work on thirty minutes, some do forty, forty five, some do an hour. And I have people ringing me up saying, "How much do you charge?" I tell them how much I charge, and I say it's between forty five and sixty minutes, depending on how tired the voice gets. And some people say, "Well, I want a full hour," and I say, "Well, then." Don't come to me then, because I'm not going to guarantee you a full hour. I'm going to give you the amount of lesson I believe is right for your voice. And I know that between 45 minutes and an hour is when the voice starts getting tired enough that we're not achieving anything more. And in fact, for some people, if they carry on after getting tired, then they're not going to get the results they want and they'll start getting worse and they can actually start, you know, you can actually start damaging the voice if you're over singing all the time. You're not going to achieve anything more. So it's not about how long a lesson you're having, how many minutes you're actually singing. It's about achieving the results in the given time and achieving enough. So I, I will, the way I work is I say it will be up to an hour and in that time I'm listening constantly and, and once I start hearing the voice start tiring, I then sort of bring it back down again and then eventually we stop but I think that's very important I don't I don't believe in saying it's an hour lesson you're going to get 60 full minutes uh, and if people start making those sort of demands and saying I want an hour I'm paying for an hour I want an hour I normally say well then then find a different teacher because I care very much about the voice and I'm going to do what I feel is right and it's particularly important for those either with vocal problems or for uh, perhaps younger uh, people. I mean, I, I have I've taught a number of children over the years. I've worked in schools over the years, and some people can do longer sessions than others. Um, and children's voices can be very vulnerable sometimes, especially if they're around the times their voices are breaking and so on. You don't want to push the voice too hard. So it's very important that people understand that the teacher should stop the lesson when they feel that is the appropriate time to stop not because they want to go and have a cup of tea but because your voice is responding in a certain way and they feel that they're not going to achieve anymore or actually it's going to be more damaging than good um, to do that now um, the other thing is specialisation. Now, some, some teachers specialise in certain genres of music and some um, teachers specialise in perhaps the physiological side of... I can't even speak. Physiological side of things. So posture and movement. Um, some some specialise in acting through song. Some specialise just on vocal techniques. And I think, again, it's important for you to get the right teacher for what you're looking for. And if you don't know what you're looking for, then try a few teachers and see which, who you click with most of all. Um, I also, also think it's important, as I said earlier, that, that the teacher has the right, I suppose, the right approach for you so that they can advise you on what type of teacher you should have if they are right for you or not or if you've perhaps got some medical issues that they send you off for referrals to the to the right people to get things checked out and to get you uh, to get you better before they they start 
pushing the voice too much they they you know you, you've got to make sure you're with the right person that really understands what they're doing they've got the experience the expertise and that they can really help you and and most importantly you need to make sure that you really love having lessons it's really important don't go away from lessons feeling demoralized or fed up or that you're tired or you haven't enjoyed it you should go away from a lesson feeling great feeling like you've achieved something feeling accomplished feeling you know feeling passionate and enthusiastic about singing and and that you love doing it and that's why you go I think that's that's a really important aspect. Now I'm very very happy to receive any any questions from you, and I I love I love it when you contact me, whether it's uh, via the website or on Twitter or Facebook. Do get in touch with any questions that you may have. I'd be very very happy to ask answer them. And of course, if I can help in any way, if you would uh, like a, a consult or to or to come to me and uh, and have some lessons, just go onto the website at www.russellscottentertainment.com go onto the voice coaching page and uh, fill out the form and uh, and get in touch and uh, see uh, see if I can help in any way. Well, that's it for today's show. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. Don't forget to check out the website at www.alifeinmusic.com. Subscribe to the podcast and please continue to spread the word. Thank you so much for listening and don't forget, be your very best. <laughs>